0: a lot of people like to use the bad priests as a justification for why I'm not into the faith. Right. Oh, wow. That's a, that's made? You look at all these hypocrites. I'm not going to mass. I'm not going to church. You guys are like these guys, these rapists, these pedophiles. This is your church. All, all of a sudden, all this kind of thing. Cause people love that, you know, point that in your chest and see that and as mm-hmm. if we don't acknowledge that and we don't know. Mm-hmm. And we're not the ones like first angry about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like not to be like Michael Voris on everybody right now, but the reality is we understand there's bad priests. And trust me, we're way more angry than you guys are. That's, that's right. just that's just their excuse to why they want to come to church.
1: Welcome back to another episode of PPK. I'm your co-host, the man on fire, John Sablon. Middle
0: child, Kayoni. And your boy, Meeks.
1: Hey boys, we are here recording on what we in the Catholic Church know as Good Shepherd Sunday. And so we typically will focus on vocations, you know, kind of a vocations call, but specifically to the priesthood. And so we figured we'd kind of uh, have a discussion, a dialogue, maybe a little bit of a catechesis, a little breakdown of The priesthood in general, because we know that our audience is kind of far and wide. We know obviously there's a lot of Catholics, but we also have some Protestant brothers and sisters that are watching. Um, We also have people who are maybe agnostic, maybe atheists, um, maybe people that have um, been burned or what they think have been burned by the Catholic Church and have a misunderstanding of the priesthood. So. Uh, and plenty of Catholics. I mean, I used to be one of them. I didn't have a really good understanding of the priesthood. So it's. I think we wanted to use this as an opportunity on Good Shepherd Sunday to kind of have a dialogue and discussion about the priesthood, what it is, what it's supposed to be, and in, in, in a more real kind of flesh-to-the-bone perspective, our experience with priests and what we do when we encounter maybe some of the challenges people may have when it is like right now, we're probably one of the we're coming off of, um, some of the biggest scandals we've ever experienced. Definitely. You guys have ever experienced in our lifetime with regards to sex abuse scandal and whatnot. And, you know, for the, the small percentage of when that actually occurs, the Catholic church ends up being kind of the biggest spotlight on the church. And a lot of the priests suffer because of, you know, the, the failures of, um, a certain handful of priests that are obviously not living up to that calling. So on Good Shepherd Sunday, we we heard um, from the gospel reading today in, in the Gospel of John about Jesus being the good shepherd. And, you know, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So Jesus talking to, you know, obviously the scribes and the Pharisees and all those that are listening, again says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, robbers, but the sheep did not heed them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So we as Christians, as Catholics, know that Christ is the high priest. You know, so there's there's a part where we wanted to kind of, I guess, start with kind of the catechesis part of it, the teaching aspect of this. And really, um, for those of you who are familiar with the catechism, those of you who have it, I'm really referring to the the catechism's breakdown in um, the sacrament of holy order. So when we think about this as Catholics, it's priests are ordained men. Um, that's a holy order. It's a sacrament in the church. Um, it's one of the seven sacraments in the church. And the priesthood really is uh, takes its authority from Christ himself. And so I wanted to kind of just read a little bit about that as we focus on that reading from, you know, Jesus being the door. Um, and the sheep listen to his voice. That's all of us. And then we'll kind of open it up to just some discussion. But one of the key things is uh, the struggles that um, a lot of our listeners may have out there is just like we talked about. Well, I mean, for one, look at all the issues with the priests that are out there now. You know, we, we think about the pedophilia. We think about the, the sex abuse, people that are being abused by priests. How can you be Catholic? How can you follow somebody like that? And there's a misunderstanding of what who that person is. I mean, the Catholic church isn't the only church that has issues with their ministers. Um, There's plenty. There's no, I don't think there's any congregation out there, um, more or less a non religious affiliated institution that doesn't have its share of issues, right? School systems have issues. Um, Organizations have issues. It just happens to be the Catholic church is uh, again, gets probably the most publicity. And as we were talking about preparing for this earlier, Rightfully so. Right. Priests represent God. And so there should be a high expectation of them to say, yeah, well, look at you, you're a priest, you shouldn't do X, Y and Z things. But I wanted to at least go to the catechism. Those of you who are out there following along really in the catechism, 1544 through and and forward in in really catechism, 1550, I wanted to, to talk about Um, actually, I'm sorry, 1548. Where it talks about in the person of Christ the head, and in Latin it's in persona Christe Capitas. So whenever our priests step, uh, they're really acting in the person of Christ the head. So it says, um, as an ordained minister, it is Christ himself who is present to his church as head of his body, shepherd of his flock. So we think about this on Good Shepherd Sunday, reading from the Gospel of John, as we heard today. Um, high Priest of the Redemptive Sacrifice, Teacher of Truth. This is what the Church means by saying that the priest, by virtue of the Sacrament of Holy Orders, acts in persona Christi Capitas. It is the same priest, Christ Jesus, whose sacred person his minister truly represents. Now the minister, by reason of this consecration, Holy Orders, which he has received, is truly made like to the High Priest and possesses the authority to act in the power and the place of of the person of Christ himself. So think back when we did the true presence, we think we were back in the upper room. Christ himself said, this is my body, um, you know, which has been given up for you. This is my blood. And at that point, we know as Catholics that that's not only the institution of the Holy Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity present, really, truly present in the the bread and the wine, but that's also the institution of the priesthood. We're, That was the first mass here we have the priesthood that's instituted and therefore do this in remembrance of me right so now we're going back to the to the the last supper right before jesus enters into his passion death and resurrection he's given that authority and then we go back after that after he suffers death he rises and then he see he he appears to his apostles in the upper room and he breathes the holy spirit on them and says who sins you forgive are forgiven who sins you retain are retained and we know that's where the authority comes from to obviously forgive sins in the person of Christ. So it's first and foremost when we say the authority of Christ, I'm sorry, the authority of the priest comes from Christ himself. So to simplify that in people's minds is I don't go to mass because of father so-and-so. We don't attend mass because of father so-and-so. We go, that's the highest form of prayer for us as Catholics. We go to mass to worship God right to hear him in the liturgy of the word and to receive him in the liturgy of the eucharist as long as the priest is following and doing what he's supposed to do as far as the rubrics and the general norms of the mass whatever happens in in, in his depth of his heart is is really um, irrelevant because he's he's a, he's in the person of Christ ahead so that could be the biggest sinner on the altar right he could be battling a whole bunch of demons and yet if he follows the rubrics of the way he's supposed to, he says the words of consecration in the way that it's Christ and obviously the Holy Spirit that comes down and, and operates within that context. And so that's why when people say, how are you still Catholic? How are you still this? You know, it's that priest's head fell off. He's the subject of scandal and so on and so forth. You have to understand that this is in the person of Christ head. When we think about and the order of Melchizedek, right? The, the really what we believe to be the prefiguring of Christ Himself coming um, to be the, the the ultimate eternal high priest, that that's what we're talking about is that that lineage, that priesthood comes from Christ, the authority himself. So that's the kind of the piece where I wanted to break open. And again, not to get too catechetical on, on our listeners, but really then talk about all right, what has been our experience with priests. And what, how do we approach the priesthood? And I think about it specifically where, obviously, you, you boys are, um, you know, I think about your generation and what we try to do in the home where you've at least been exposed to priests in your life. Like, for me, I think about my upbringing because I wasn't really raised in the faith, more culturally Catholic in the sense of certain aspects of Catholicism, like the rosary and novenas and things of that nature, maybe, you know, um, uh, funeral mass here and there, Easter mass here and there. There was never, in my mind, ever a time when a priest came over our house and had dinner or we hung around priests or anything like that. So I wanted to start there just to kind of talk about what has been your guys' experience with priests in your own life.
2: Um, I think growing up, uh, I mean, we had Father Joseph who <laughs> shout out to Father Joe, mm-hmm. who obviously revolutionizes any place that he is a part of and brings people to Christ. And so that was my first experience to um, an intimate relationship. So he's real close to the family. Um, You and mom obviously developed a really good relationship. Um, He, you know, he baptized me. He was my trainer for altar serving and all that stuff. So I knew him and, but there was this level of intimidation that I think a lot of people, if you're not really exposed to priests, it's like, I'm sorry, father. (laughs) So, you know, it's just this level of like, immediate just reverence and almost fear. And I think there's a, a truth to that, obviously, because mm-hmm. they're, you know, uh, they are representative of Christ on earth. And um, so I think that was the initial um, level of respect and, and this kind of um, making sure that I was acting on my best behavior. Um, it wasn't until I would say I got to college that my relationship with priests became more of, I guess, um, relational, Um, and and where I can actually, you know, just talk to him and, and meet with him regularly. You know, it wasn't in the context of a confession as, even if I, if I went, I can still feel like I can talk to him after, or, um, you know, at Franciscan, it's just a unique place. You know, you have... Uh, a priest as your chaplain for your basketball team. So he's in the, the priest is in the locker room with us, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember, um, you know, just being able to talk to them on the bus, you know, as we're, as we're driving to, you know, our away game, whatever that is. Um, and then, you know, you do see priests walking around. I had a priest as a teacher, you know, so I see them in these different, um, these different situations, these different dynamics, and it started to allow me to kind of put my guard down and see them as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Seeing them as the the in person in the person of christ is is important in the context of the mass, but I think it's also it's also refreshing to see them as a human with different struggles with just a different vocation than we have, but still having that that relationship so I think recently I would maybe in the past year or so um really growing in my relationship with priests. I know Father Tom was going to be marrying Michelle and me in, in October who has been such a blessing to my life in, in spiritual direction. And I recommend that for anyone listening. Um, if you're in the Catholic faith to, um, seek out a spiritual director and, and just to have someone who knows you, who loves you, who can hold you accountable, who can guide you in in the, the walk to heaven. But, um, you know, just recently, my relationship with Father Tom and then Father Peter recently mm-hmm. reaching out to us and us reaching out to him and developing that relationship with the priest. Um, it's been refreshing because um, there's this level of respect. But also, like I said, you, it's almost like down to earth. You know, um, these priests are holy men that we can aspire to be, but also um, just see as someone we can like a brother, Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. like, yes, you're a priest, yes, you're holy, but I can trust you as a brother, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's, I think it's a unique dynamic that um, a lot of Catholics or Protestants don't really acknowledge or, or utilize to the best of their ability. Like these priests are human beings and, and the, that relationship with them could really um, grow um, our faith walk and and our, our fire for the faith. Um, so I would say just recently, reaching out to priests, you know, if it's dinner, if it's, you know, um, meeting with them just to talk, um, it's been a true blessing because not only do you experience the loving mercy of the Father through them, which I think is obviously powerful through the sacrament, through their gift of of their vocation, but also just from a human side. You have that that person who dedicates their entire life to Christ and they're guiding you. It's it's inspiring, it's, it's humbling, and it's, it just sets you on fire. Like, you want to you want to make them proud, essentially. When you develop that relationship with someone who is in the church, dedicating their life to the church in service for the church, um, you know you want to you want to aspire to that. And you know, it's we talk about athletes and how they you always want to be the greatest. You always want to hang out with the greatest. You want to learn from the greatest. And you know, a lot of these priests, when you find the good ones and you develop that relationship, um, it can really help you aspire to be the best version of yourself. So I think recently, it's it's been a true blessing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and for me, it's just interesting because as you grow up. Uh, like Keone says, when we're experiencing these priests, you um, think that all priests are good, which is, you know, and same thing. I remember like thinking, you know, in elementary school and I got into the middle uh, that all teachers are really good and they're smart. And then in middle school, I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> might be smarter than you already in high school. You're like, hey, okay, these people are a joke, you know, and you kind of get these and you kind of grow up and you're just in, you're just naive at first. And so that's something I want to address, especially because a lot of people like to use the bad priests as a justification for why I'm not into the faith. Right. I, wow. That's a that's man made. You look at all these hypocrites. I'm not going to mass. I'm not going to church. You guys are like these guys, these rapists, these pedophiles. This is your church. All, all of a sudden, all this kind of thing. Cause people love to You know, point that in your chest and see that. And as mm-hmm. if we don't acknowledge that and we don't know, mm-hmm. and we're not the ones like first angry about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like not to be like Michael Voris on everybody right now, but the reality is we understand there's bad priests. And trust me, we're way more angry than you guys are. That's, that's right. just that's just their excuse to why they want to come to church. That's right. And so that's something that I realized is that I grew up under thinking that all priests were good. And the reality is that a lot of priests aren't doing their g- a good job at all. And some priests have an agenda to where they don't want to follow the church and they're doing it on purpose, unfortunately. And there's a lot of good popes and there's a lot of bad popes that we've had. Mm-hmm. And, and not to ever, you know, disrespect the office and understand that they are, you know, Christ on earth for us, or at least the pope, you know, is in the, I guess, holistic sense of the church and stuff like that. But I just, I think that's important to acknowledge. And so, you know, I have, I have all my friends are different. You know, my, my two best friends, one Protestant, one's a Syrian Orthodox, and he'll kind of bring up things that he, he doesn't like about Pope Francis, as if, you know, kind of almost like, you know, hey, what's this about your church? And I'm like, bro, I'm with you, bro. I don't like it either, you know? And this is a reality of, of, of a church and you know, a church that's this big mm-hmm. of, of Catholicism, that you're going to have bad things happen no matter what. And so um, you just, you know what I mean? It's, it's just hard. I think people like to compare and this and that. Maybe, maybe nothing has happened, been uh, bad in someone's Protestant church that was established in 1970. Well, congrats, you made it 50 years. We've had, you know, 2,000 years and billion people that are trying to practice this faith. Of course, bad things are going to happen. But that's not the reason why we follow it. I don't follow it because of Falla nor do I follow it because of Father whoever, whatever scandal you want to bring up. I don't follow it because of either of them. It's the truth at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we bring into it. And so I think it's important for people who are into the faith and kind of looking at the Catholic Church because you're going to hear a lot of things, especially recently with the scandals. You're going to hear a lot. And trust me, there's more probably that you don't know because the more that you know, um, the more you realize there's a good priest or maybe uh, not in as much in the majority as you want them to be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people aren't following uh, what they should be doing and and um, it's just unfortunate, but I don't think it's important, I guess, as Catholics to acknowledge that piece and also um, I guess encourage priests and encourage people to like look past that, you know, and understand that it's it' just continues to be on the minority to keep pushing forward. And there's a reason why me and county had to go to school all the way in Ohio. I'd love to be in California, but unfortunately, the Catholic schools here aren't Catholic, and it's gonna be the clergy because that's who's, that's who's running the schools. I mean, not anymore. I mean halfway, I mm-hmm. kind of in their Hawaiian shirts, I guess. <laughs> if you can if you can spot them out, it's kind of hard to see. But that's the reality is, we got to go all the way to Ohio. You think I want to go to Ohio? <laughs> I live in California. You think I want to go all the way to Ohio for school? Of course not. The reality is, is that a lot of clergy aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, but that's not the reason why we're Catholic. Mm-hmm. If we would go based on the if we were just to go, you know what? Let's go based on the colleges um, in California and the best, let's see how many good Catholics are, and then based on that poll, we'll see if we should be Catholic or not. Okay, we lose, we're not Catholic anymore, we're Lutheran, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so, that's the reality, it's something I kind of want to address. And um, also, I guess, maybe point a light to really, really good priests, uh, you know, Father Josh, who is a half-black priest, The Father Mike, who used to be, Father Mike Schmitz, who's huge on Ascension Presents, he used to be an actor, Bishop Barron, who's the uh, auxiliary bishop of Los Angeles so you're in the you're in it you know and he's, he's there and he's been someone that's um, basically taking the the throne after Archbishop Fulton Sheen with the televangelist kind of vibes and there's just so many that we could look towards to that give you that deeper reflection that county was talking about whereas at first you're not really sure how to act in front of a priest and then you watch these people you understand that they're human beings doing the same things that we're trying to do which is trying to grow in, uh, with Christ and trying to go to heaven and so I just bring that up to show you guys that there's a lot of real people who are also priests, which is important to understand, and going to a school like Franciscan shows you that because friars are just walking around all day long, and they'll play sports with you, and they'll be on those things. And the reality is that they're they're human beings, and a lot of them will fail, and a lot of them are just really good people to uh, build relationships with.
1: Yeah, I think I wanted to point out several things. I think both the, sharing both those experiences is really great. I mean, obviously, I didn't have um, – that experience as a young, young adolescent, as you guys did, but just coming into my own faith and in my life, you know, priests and religious in general have been huge, um, for mom and I, and, and I think really for our family life. I mean, obviously we're, we're life professed third order Dominicans, So we follow the, the rule of St. Dominic. And, and I remember meeting the master of the order, right. Who would be the modern day St. Dominic, um, on the 800 year Jubilee. Um, you know, uh, and I remember, I was like, his name was Father Bruno Catteri, and I was like, you know, you know, hi, Father. I was super excited to see him. It just happened to be, and he's obviously based in in Rome, but he happened to be doing a tour, and he happened to be in San Francisco at St. Dominic's Catholic Church, and so we got to meet him and have mass with him. And, you know, here's this brilliant man who's like a, like a doctor, like a medical doctor, like a surgeon or something, something crazy. Just a super bright guy, and he's like calling me brother. No, we're brothers. And I'm like. Uh, no, your father. He goes, no, we're brothers. And he points to my. He was pointing to my Dominican cross and my Dominican scapula. I'm like, uh, no, we're your father. He goes, no, 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 we're brothers. And so, you know, anyways, I'm like, no, I'm pretty hierarchical. I'm, I'm a real follower. So um, no, 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 no. But, you know, it's it's that brotherhood, right? That they see us as human beings and vice versa. And I think there is a level of reverence that's due to the office. But a couple of things I wanted to point out is one, when you talk about, we don't want to disrespect the office. And I remember Jesus himself saying, listen to right? The scribes and the Pharisees for they teach from the seat of Moses, but do not do as they do, right? Because they're hypocritical. So listen to them because of the office, the authority that comes from God himself. And he says, but do not do what they do because it, basically the hearts are far away from it. So, um, they're ruling, not as God as rules, but they're ruling with the authority that God gives. I think there's one thing there. So people understanding that, that, you know, Hey, the Lord, <laughs> the Lord's in control. This is, you know, there's certain shepherds you may have issues with or not. Um, I, I know I, I struggle with that a lot as well, but you know what I mean? This is why we have to pray for our priests and pray for our church, um, pray for the hierarchy, pray for, pray for the vicar of Christ, who's the Pope himself. The other thing is just recognizing. So a couple of things as well is, you know, for those people that um, take those shots out, of like, why are you following so-and-so, you know, look at all those hypocrites, look at what they're doing. And I remember having this conversation uh, more recently than not, and we were having this discussion um, with Uh, fallen away Catholics and it was like, do you go to the gym? And they're like, yeah. And I go, do you see any fat people there? Well, yeah. And I'm like, why? I mean, why would you go to a gym that there's fat people there? (laughs) And, you know, I mean, no offense to anybody that is fits that category. I'm probably one of them. Um, But it's kind of like, Well, you still go to the gym, right? You just know that that person isn't necessarily at the same place you would like to be or would want them to be. But you don't stop going to the gym or stop doing things because you see fat people. Or you don't stop doing X, Y, and Z things because this person's not following a certain regimen. You know, you don't uh, stop playing basketball because there's a lot of trash players out there. (laughs) Right? I'm one of them, right? <laughs> I, can't, I can't buy a bucket if I, my life depended on it. So do you just stop playing basketball? Oh, look at you, man, your dad. Why are you, why are you guys still playing basketball? Your dad can't even make a layup, right? That's stupid, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't apply that to that, but you push it on the church. And I think part of it is it's less, it's less about the issue with that priest, and it's more about well, you don't want to change your life, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to face that reality because, hey, we know, we were just talking about this before we started. We know good people have done bad things, and we know bad people who've done some good things, right? Welcome to the fallen world. Welcome to a sinful nature. Welcome to the world of original sin. So I just wanted to kind of point that out before we kind of get into Do you have something to say? Yeah, just, just
2: kind of piggybacking off that, the beauty of the Catholic Church that is very unique from the Christian umbrella is that regardless of the pastor, the one preaching, the one giving the homily, that's not why we're going to the Mass. Mm-hmm. That's not why we have our faith. And I was just talking about this um, with a friend of mine. And, you know, we were talking about Francis Chen and what he was kind of realizing, and that, you know, over time, the Christian church as a whole, um, goodness, essentially minus the Catholic church, has replaced the Eucharist with the pulpit. And so everything that, you know, I remember going, so I went to a Protestant high school and I remember when we were all seniors, we we're in Bible class, and they were talking about how to find the right church. And there's all these criterias. And it was like, and I remember my teacher, he knew I was Catholic. And he's like, well, you don't really have a problem. You just have to look at the, the nearest Catholic church, <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's a real issue for people. I'm moving. Oh, my community was so good. Pastor Bill was amazing. I loved it. Who cares? That's not why we're going because we don't bank on whether Pastor Bill is great But pastor joe oh man he's kind of rough he doesn't really have that it doesn't matter because when we go to the mass it's not about the priest this is why he wears everything he wears because he's not the one operating it is not father mike schmitz it is god Mm -hmm. and that's why he's wearing that because he's saying no it's not me i am no longer here i am operating in the office of the high priest representing christ in the sacrifice of the mass that's why we go Mm -hmm. because we're receiving the eucharist the true presence it doesn't matter if Father Mike Schmitz gave the best homily ever, or I was like, eh, I'm receiving Jesus Christ. And whether your sermon or whatever is fire or not, you're not receiving Jesus Christ. And that's true worship, is you're offering the sacrifice, and you partake in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something to, to really reflect on, because we talk about, oh, pointing the finger on the priest. Who cares about the priest, essentially? Mm-hmm. You know, as a, as a matter of dictating if I'm going to Mass or not, why I'm going to Mass or not, or why I should be Catholic or not where we get to partake in the Eucharist and the priest is the one given the authority, like you say, to offer that sacrifice as Jesus commanded them to. Mm -hmm. So whether the priest is a good homilist or not, his order allows him to give us Jesus Christ. And that's something that no matter if Francis Chen, it doesn't matter who it is, they can be the best preacher on this planet. They cannot give you Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And and we, we we can receive that. Mm-hmm.
1: What I wanted to bring up because I think um, you know you've already started that conversation about um, some some what you would consider good shepherds out there like the Father Josh Johnsons, um, the Father Mike Smiths. We know that obviously Bishop Barron has been somebody that we've been listening to for a while. And I, and I would say whether they're going back, we need to be praying for our priests always, right? Because they're get you think you have a target on your back. You these these men who give given their life to be the person of Christ to the world um, have a huge target on their back. So we need to pray for our priest. We need to fast for our, for our priest. And we also need to encourage our priests, right? We need to say, I mean, you brought up Father Joseph Ilo. He's huge in our life. I would not be here today. I would not be the the father that you have in front of you was not for that priest. He would never say it. He would never own that. But he's he's walked with us in the best of times in the dark of t- darkness, in, in our darkness, Right, he has been there through thick and thin. He has been a father to your mom and I, and I I believe that I owe obviously my life to God and Christ through your mom, of course, but through Him as a spiritual father who's been able to to just kind of pull me in the right direction as what it means to be a true man of God. So you need to encourage them, and you need to you need to you need to pray for them, and you need to realize that they're people too. And I think that's a key thing, you know. Um, Once you start to build this relationship and have a relationship with with uh these priests and you know realize that you know they're married their bride is the church and that they they oftentimes may go home to an empty rectory or go home to an an empty room and while well, we all go home to our families and they're always at service to god and so you know they could be suffering from loneliness they could be suffering from discouragement um i don't know how many people are calling up the priests and telling them how great things are right they're always calling them up and telling them how terrible thing is how bad your homily was how X was this and X was that. And that's difficult. You know, um, you know, our parish at our home parish is 5,500 families. That's 18,000 parishioners. Imagine if 18,000 people all just always was at or at you telling you how off you are, how wrong you are. Um, if you spent more time praying for them, imagine the, the, uh, how efficacious that would be, but, Let's let's switch this on the encouraging side, because I definitely want to encourage our priesthood brothers, and I definitely want to encourage people out there who may have a call to the vocation of priesthood. Like, we need, the church can exist. I mean, obviously, the church will exist, because we know um, nothing's going to destroy. The gates of hell will not prevail against her. But boy, we need our priests. We have a shortage of priests here in the United States, um, definitely. Uh, but, you know, what can we do to, to encourage our priests? Or what other, um, maybe, um, tidbits of information can you give to folks about your approach to the priesthood and, and, you know, just, just this whole topic of uh, the priesthood and, you know, realizing that they're human, but realizing that there's an office that they hold and really realizing that they're they're truly important to our faith walk.
2: Um, just briefly, just the level of orthodoxy Mm -hmm. and and going into the roots of what the Catholic church has always upheld Mm -hmm. and, and how the priest, um, works from within those guidelines, those, those teachings. I think the more, as a layperson, you realize that um, in your call, if God is calling you to be a priesthood, it becomes very um, eye-opening and it becomes a gift and, you, and it becomes something that you want to seek. You know? So for those people who we know that have become priests, it's this level of like the orthodoxy that they fall in love with and they get to partake in it in a very unique way and so th- i would encourage you know those who may have even have a little tug to find those priests that you that you relate to and those that that are following the teachings of the church that are orthodox that are on fire and then just learn about what the church teaches about a priest and um just the uniqueness that you know the lay people can't we can't necessarily do you know mm-hmm. um and just the gift that that is and i know just um the priests that we have encountered that they can just transform families, right? Transform who we are. And that's a gift that they can partake in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like you said, just encouraging anyone with that tug to really start to, to obviously pray about it. We'll be praying for you. And, but just to see the priests that are doing it the right way and to learn about it, what it is in scripture, what it is through the catechism um, and see if that the God is calling you to to um, to practice that in their own life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my encouragement for, um, I guess, priests especially, and I mean, I imagine that there's no easy spot to be as a priest. Um, there's no state, there's no country where it's just, you're going to be, you know, pat on the back the whole time. But I, it's just really about um, staying true to what the church teaches, um, following through with the liturgy and doing that to the best of your ability because uh, when you don't, things go bad. And so, you know, we've seen that obviously with, our own home parish when father Joseph Ila was here and what that parish looked like toward what it became a few years later and kind of what we're experiencing now it still has not hit to what the prime of, of his of his know, pastorship or whatever word might be and because he was so just truly authentic to doing what he was supposed to do and he wasn't he wasn't he didn't really care about necessarily let me get this crowd or let me make these people feel good he was only concerned about just teaching the truth and when you do that your tr- your church will Thrive and it'll flourish. And when you want to do your own thing and you're you're concerned about how you know you can make people laugh or you want to make whoever happy and make everyone you know smiling at church, you're gonna lose people because we've experienced that in our own church. It's a lot of good people, they're good priests with good hearts, but unfortunately, when you're not, you know, just I don't know, just super steady and just trying to portray the truth and not worry about what people are feeling, then. Things don't tend to go as well. So, but then the flip side of that is, well, look how good, look how good you can change someone like John Sablon If you do, just stick to the truth, you know. And and how many families we used to have, and then how when someone leaves, it goes away. But if you have if you continually have these churches uh, led by great pastors, people who are just focused on becoming a saint, and that's then bar none, that's it. Then you can, I mean, influence an entire community. Mm-hmm. Father Isla went to San Francisco, which is like. That's the place to be, I guess, if you <laughs> want to be a priest. And you know what he's done in that parish, mm-hmm. thriving way more than I don't know, any conservative area or the area that we have. You know, he flipped those things. So that's the the beauty of what a good priest can do, way more than like, when way more than what we could do. I mean, you can influence us, but they can influence thousands of families instead of just one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, obviously, using uh, Father Ilo as a as an example to go to that parish that he went to, which essentially was going to be closed down at some point. And was a dying parish, and to see what he did. Um, and all he did was introduce truth and orthodoxy, right? So here he has, you know, all male altar servers and the Chronicle, and everybody came after him. All those, you know, uh, liberal giants in the Bay Area came after him. Um, and, uh, you know, I think about what he did with going ad orientum and the Latin parts of the Mass and chanting and just exposing people to the transcendentals, right? That going to Mass for us is not a concert. It's not um, it's not a make me feel good about myself. It's actually elevating the mind to God. And I think that's what we're saying ultimately is that so encouraging the priests out there to be faithful to your vocation, to your office, be faithful to the liturgy, be faithful to the things that we can't have the church, the mass look like everything else with just a bunch of rules right? Because then we'll just go to something else and not have to worry about a Sunday obligation all of a sudden, right? But if you give us the truth and you give it in charity, and you can do both, right? You can't separate truth without charity. Um, then I think that's what we're looking for is that a good father leads us to the the greater good, leads us to holiness, leads us to be saints, as Miko said. So we hope that, um, you know, this was a an episode that I think opened your mind to the concept of the priesthood and, and to fatherhood, especially on this, uh, this good shepherd um, Sunday for us. And really for those that may be discerning that call, like it's, uh, you know, uh, mad respect for those, um, those that consecrated religious as well. So I don't want to just call out priesthood, but obviously the priesthood is important to us as Catholics, but those that give their life to God. So whether you are a, um, an ordained priest, an ordained deacon, uh, you know, permanent de- uh, deacons that are out there with our, our good, bu- you know, good friend, Deacon Harold um who who's given their life to God and, and that holy order, but then also consecrated religious. Right. So uh, whether the sisters, brothers that are out there in different orders, um, consecrated singles, consecrated virgins, those types of things. And of course, the married vocation. Right. Which we're all I mean, you two are obviously headed down that path. I'm in the married vocation again, another sacred vocation, but they're all vocations to ultimately bring others to christ and so we just hope that this was um you know something that it can open your mind a little bit more for those of you who may be struggling out there with the concept of priests and you know as we've been talking about this whole thing about you know there are some bad apples out there but you know uh don't follow judas follow the other 11 right Meeks, what do we got to say
0: like comment and subscribe
1: All right, everybody. We appreciate you joining us on this Good Shepherd Sunday. We ask for your continued prayers. We hope you're staying safe in this time of quarantine. And again, like, comment, and subscribe. Let us know if there's any other topics. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again. And until then, get holy or die trying.